So we are going to be concluding um, our Wednesday night series, and Pastor Sheldon's going to bring the message entitled, What If There Was No Christmas? So, Anel, I wanted to ask you that question. What if there was no Christmas? So if there was no Christmas, there would be no Jesus. True. Okay. There would be no Jesus, meaning we'd be hopeless. Wow. That's true, too. I can't even imagine a world without any hope in it at all. Yeah. You know, and we get to, you know, serve a, a God that brings that hope. And I, you know, just thinking about, you know, what if there was no Christmas? What if? And Pastor Sheldon said something last week that just keeps resonating in my head. I just keep thinking about it. He said, people are not drawn to the spirit of Christmas. They are drawn to the spirit of Christ that is in Christmas. So we're going to welcome up Pastor Sheldon as he concludes and he shares the message. What if there was no Christmas? If there was no Christmas, I don't need to give you a gift then, right, Nella? I'm just saying, but... But because there is a Christmas. But because there is, yes, then we I get to get your gifts. We will accept yes. those gifts. Thank you, Bunny. Thank you, Bunny and Anella. Can we just thank them? And we appreciate all that they do. Uh, part of the reason, you know, sometimes we wonder, so why do we have things like this? Why do we have uh, someone like a Bunny or an Anella doing things like this? Uh, Jesus told us to disciple people, to disciple each other. And part of raising up the next generation is giving them a platform to utilize their gifts and to, uh, to, to also experience what it's like to do ministry and in different ways, whether it's up front or behind the scenes. And so we try to do that with each other. We try to do that with us as volunteers. Uh, that's why we're here at a place called New Hope Church, because we want to disciple each other, because everything we do is discipleship. Everything we do. And that's part of who we are. We just love discipling. One of the things I want to remind you of as they were talking about the Christmas weekend services is there are four services, two on Saturday, two on Sunday, so you get to choose one of those. Some people are saying, can I come to, uh, you know, all of them? Then that's, that's up to you, but they're all the same services uh, during our Christmas weekend. So just pay attention to all the different time changes uh, or the different times for the services. And this is our final Wednesday night service for uh, 2016 okay so the question is what if there was no christmas what would it look like i mean i think there's a there's almost like a little bit of a a mixed feeling because some of us think of the actual holiday like if there was no christmas then we wouldn't need to stress out about so many things if there was no christmas then uh, maybe we wouldn't have the mad rush of black friday if there was no christmas then we wouldn't have to cook and clean so much it, there, it's almost like there are a lot of benefits if there was no Christmas. And it's, it can almost seem like a, a separate question, uh, two things, that what if there was no Christmas but still have Jesus? Like, could there still be Jesus in the world but no Christmas? But if we think about it, the only reason why we have Christmas is because of Jesus. I was talking to one of my neighbors the other day, and he said, you know, I hear a lot on TV, and he's not a believer, but he, he respects, you know, what I believe. And he says, you know, I, I heard the other day on TV that they're saying uh, we shouldn't say Merry Christmas. We're supposed to say Happy Holidays. And he said, he says, you know, I, I, I respect what you believe, but how can there be no Christmas? How can we say Happy Holidays? What's happy about the holiday? 
how can you say even happy holidays without Christmas? So he's on to something. I'm like, hey, you is one smart bugger. For someone who doesn't believe in Jesus, I mean, think about what people are actually trying to say. They're not saying don't say Merry Christmas or say Happy Holidays. They're trying to take away the Spirit of Christ. That has been ever since the beginning of time that man has always been in opposition to God. That has always been the case. So when you hear these things on TV, don't get upset as believers. Don't get upset and say, no, 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 no I'm just going to force Merry Christmas on people. No, no, no. That's not the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So you don't need to get upset. Of course, you can say Merry Christmas to someone. That's fine. It's, it's your choice. You can say that. But don't get offended if someone tells you Happy Holidays and say, oh, it's Merry Christmas. You know, because Jesus Christ came to this earth. And they're, they're kind of taken back for some of them. But if we can love them into the kingdom so that they understand why we celebrate Christmas, then they have a better understanding of what's so happy about the holidays. If there was no Christmas, there wouldn't be a happy holiday. If there was no Christmas, then there would be no joy to the world. If there was no Christmas, then there would be no decorations, no Christmas trees to decorate, no gift-giving. Christmas reminds us that God gave to us. That's why we give to one another. It's that spirit that Christ came to show us of. It's about giving. It's about God loving us so much that he gave. You know, there are many reasons why Christmas is the way it is. But I really want to focus on three areas that will help us to understand what if there was no Christmas? Because Christmas for businesses and retailing and economics is a big plus. It's a big plus for businesses. Almost 20% of the revenue that comes in, and sometimes even higher, is because of Christmas during this season. So if there was no Christmas, then the economy would look completely different. There are hundreds of thousands of jobs, over 600,000 jobs in the U.S. alone that are birthed because of the Christmas season. And sometimes it's a temporary uh, uh, hiring, but sometimes that temporary hiring leads to something else. And at the same time, when there is that temporary hiring, then there's, there's money that's stirred in the economy, and it stirs the economy. So financially, it does well for this season. But if there was no Christmas, then the world wouldn't do well financially because worldwide, trading and delivering and making of goods and services, all of these things that come together during this season, even though a country may not celebrate Christmas, they may have factories that build things for Christmas gifts. So there's a worldwide economic stirring that takes place because of Christmas. And without Christmas, you don't have that. So economically, it makes a difference. It also makes a difference relationally. So not just economically, but relationally. Relationally, during Christmas, we have parties, we have get-togethers, we greet each other, Merry Christmas, we, we dress up for certain parties, for a Christmas party or whatever it is. Uh, schools have plays, they have rehearsals, uh, they have different uh, elements in school that, that's centered around Christmas. And then our children, they, they have this, this anticipation of Christmas. 
So relationally, it does something. Families gather together. The kids are excited because they see their presence accumulating. And then when, when our children go off to college during Christmas time, they come home. Families travel. Families get together during Christmas. So relationally, Christmas brings people together. So if there was no Christmas, then why would our kids come home during December? Because they could come home any other time, but they don't come home. But they come home for Christmas. What about families? Well, they travel during Christmas and, uh, you know, the airline's uh, fees go up during Christmas. So even that would kind of balance out. We wouldn't pay as much during the the Christmas season. But families get together. Relationships uh, connect during Christmas or people connect relationally during Christmas. Uh, Husbands and wives buy something special during Christmas that they would normally not buy just for any ordinary day. So it helps even in marriages during Christmas. So Christmas does something relationally. Christmas also does something spiritually. That because of Christmas, something spiritual happens. There's a spirit of Christmas because of the spirit of Christ. So not just economically or relationally, but spiritually. Something spiritually happens. But if there was no Christmas, then there would be no Savior. There would be no joy to the world. There would be no miracles as far as what Jesus performed. There would be no hope of eternal life, no good news of great joy to all people everywhere. There would be nothing of that if there was no Christmas. If there was no Christmas, then relationally, there, there would be that aspect taken out of during this season. But here's the interesting thing. If there was no Christmas, we would adjust economically we could if there was no christmas if jesus never came to this earth we would be okay economically businesses would figure things out i mean if if christmas all of a sudden just didn't happen and the world had to scramble there was just no holiday then yeah that would take an economic downturn but if from the beginning jesus didn't come here and god never sent his son we could we would figure things out economically if, if there was no Christmas and Jesus didn't come, we would figure things out relationally. We would visit some other time. We would, we would connect some other time. We would just make up parties or birthdays would be very well done. And if you have a birthday on Christmas, look at that. You would just still have your birthday. You wouldn't have to split it. It would still work out. We would adjust economically and relationally. Now, here's the one that we would have no hope for. If there was no Christmas, we have no hope spiritually There would be nothing we could do spiritually if Jesus didn't come to this earth. Imagine if you had to pay for your own sins. Imagine if you had to put yourself in a position to pay for your own sins. Imagine if if Jesus didn't come to this earth, what our lives would be like. What, what, what hope we would have. See, there's something that Jesus brought that gives us hope in every area of life, economically, even relationally. But most of all, spiritually. Now, here's where it can become pretty surreal. It's Jesus did come, so we do have Christmas. But for some of us, even though Christ came, 
we still don't have Christ. He's here. We know him. But he's not here. What if there was no Christ here? If there was no Christ here, our lives fall apart. Our families fall apart. Our hopes fall apart. Our dreams become so shallow and so narrow that it's, it's about self. But because Jesus came, he showed us that it's more than just what is happening in our world today, what is happening in our lives today. He came to give us a hope far beyond what we could ever imagine. If there was no Christmas, there would be no Jesus because Jesus is Christmas. I have this little clip I want to show you, a little video that, kind of a fun, sarcastic video that I saw. I thought, eh, I might as well give it to you because some of you have the spiritual gift of sarcasm. So let's take a, let's take a look at this and then we'll continue on. <laughs> kind of spooky it ended, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you understand because you, you, under, you speak sarcasm. Philippians 4, 4.19 tells us this. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. If God knew that Christmas would stir the economy, and that was the only reason why we have Christmas, because some people believe that that's why Christmas exists, is someone made up this holiday so that it could stir the economy, then this scripture would make no sense. But financially, God provides for us. He will supply all of our needs. It's because of Jesus, his principles, his wisdom, and his ability to do the impossible to meet our needs. It's because of him that our needs are met. So financially, we don't need an actual holiday, a season, for our financial needs to be met, for our, our needs to be taken care of, because Jesus already fulfills that. And the moment we forget about Christ and what he brings, then we're relying on self to meet our own needs. But Jesus says, I know everything you need. God the Father knows what we need even before we ask him. But he says, you come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and, and I'll give you rest. There's, a, there's a, a connection that God wants with us. Matthew 6.33 tells us to seek first the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So really, financially, God will always take care of us. Resourcefully, he'll take care of us. He will always take good care of us. We just need to seek him first and put him first. In the relational area, John 15, 13 gives us a way how to maintain and strengthen our relationships. He says in John 15, 13, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friend. It's in the book of John. There's no greater love than when someone lays down their life for a friend. Did you know that Jesus laid down his life for you and I and he calls us friends? And because of that relationship, and he wants us to connect with him in that relationship, he, he's going to show us out of this relationship with him how we are to be in every other relationship of our lives. He says, I'm going to model for you what it means to lay down your life for a friend. I will show you what it looks like. And because Jesus came to this earth, he brings that ability to show us what relationships should look like. He modeled this for us. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. The Bible tells us, And let us consider one another 
in order to stir up love and good works, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. In other words, the Bible is telling us that we're supposed to continue to meet together. Not just as a church, but as family, as husband, as wife. We meet together continuously to encourage each other, to, to encourage each other towards good deeds, to encourage each other and stir each other towards love. And all the more as you see the day approaching. In other words, he's saying, when you begin to see bad times happening, it's an indication that I'm coming back soon. So when you see that day approaching, even more show each other love, even more encourage each other because that day is approaching. So you got to stir one another up. Do you know where relationships are to be viewed the greatest? Do you know where relationships are supposed to be looked at and modeled after? Do you know, do you know where the world is supposed to look so they know how to succeed in relationships? Do you know where relationships should speak the love of God? Do you know where the healthiest relationships should be? It's actually in church. This, is, this, is, this right here is where people should look to to find the healthiest relationships, to know what relationships should look like. Now, you might think, well, I, I thought it was marriage. What about marriage? What about family? What about the workplace? Is it there? Only if there are believers there. Because church is not this place. Church, church is you and I, the people. So wherever we are, we represent the Lord. The church represents the Lord. So if anyone wants to know what relationships are supposed to look like, a godly one, they're supposed to look to believers. That's why the Bible says don't be unequally yoked. Which means if you believe in God and, and your, your spouse believes in something else, you're unequally yoked. So when the world looks at your relationship, it's supposed to model after your relationship with God. Now, you might be thinking, well, when we got married, we didn't know about this stuff. So what, I dump them now? No, no. Now, you pray for one another. In the book of Corinthians chapter 7, I believe it's 1 Corinthians chapter 7, it talks about that, that the husband, the wife is sanctified. In other words, if you believe in God but your spouse doesn't, as you live out righteously, your husband, your wife will be won over because of your godliness, your righteousness. That's the relationship that God looks for. Without Jesus coming to this earth, we wouldn't know what relationships look like. If there was no Christmas, boy, our relationships would be in trouble. But because of that, we have hope. In Ephesians chapter, two, chapter 4, verses 2 and 3, the Bible tells us, Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Be patient with each other. That's tough when it's crazy and busy and so much things to do. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. In other words, you give grace. It's like there's a, there's a, there's a margin of error that we give one another between husband and wife. When there's a mistake, you give them grace. Why? Because we are always to be humble and gentle, patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. 
Then it says, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit. Notice the Bible doesn't say keep yourselves united to each other. It says, no, no, keep yourselves united in the Spirit. Why is that so? Well, it's easier, isn't it, to be binded with Christ than it is sometimes your own spouse. But if you're both binded to Christ, guess what happens? Ah, magic. What happened? (laughs) Ah, husband and wife come together. But it's not magic at all. It's actually the Spirit of God. When you're drawn to the same Spirit of Christ, you'll be drawn to each other automatically. As it continues, it says, binding yourselves together with peace. Yeah, when you're heading towards Christ, you make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Jesus shows that. That's his, that's his relationship with us. That was, that's his relationship with the Father. His prayer was that, that we would be one with him as he is one with the Father. And because of this relationship with Christ, now it brings together our relationships together with peace. So he takes care of our needs. He, he, he helps us relationally. And if there was no Christmas, we would not know what love would look like. But because of Christ, we know exactly what love looks like. And then the last thing, spiritually, in 1 John 4, 13, tells us, By this we know that we abide in him and he in us. And here's how we know. Because he has given us of his spirit. This is how we know. This is how we know that we abide in him and he in us. This is how we know we we are spiritually created. This is how we know we have the spirit of the living God. Because he has given us of his spirit. He, He didn't give us a spirit. We all have a spirit, yeah. But he didn't give us a spirit. He gave us of his spirit. There's a difference. We're not just spiritual beings. We're of his spirit. So we, we, we have a part of God. We're created in his image. Galatians 5, 16 and 17 says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of the sinful nature, opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Have you ever fought with another person and they too believe in Jesus? Yeah, you're not not fighting against the Spirit of Christ it's your flesh fighting against your own spirit. This person's flesh fighting against their own spirit. We war not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual principalities of the unseen world, the spirit of darkness, of evil. So stand firm, the Bible says, and put on the full armor of God. Because we're not fighting a battle against each other. We're fighting in the spirit. So whenever you have this battle going on spiritually, It's an indication, not that something's wrong here relationally, but that something's wrong here spiritually. It's the first indication. It's kind of like a thermometer to my spiritual walk with God. If my relationships here are fighting, then that means my relationship here is doing the very same thing. It's a tough thing to battle with because we war not against flesh and blood. 
It's not against your child or your dad, your mom, your spouse. It's really, it's our flesh and blood. He gave us of his spirit so that we could be strengthened to overpower the evil of our flesh. Ephesians 3, 16 through 19. It says, I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Thanks be to God that there is Christmas. Thanks be to God that there is Christ. Because without Christ, we will suffer in our needs. We will suffer in our relationships. And without Christ, we suffer spiritually. I pray that tonight, those three areas, really, those are the three areas that we will always battle with. It's financially, our needs, or resources, or we have needs. And then relationally, we're always going to have those battles, relationships. And then spiritually, we're always going to have spiritual battles. But that's why God sent us his son. That's why when Jesus came, he, he, meet, he meets our needs. That's why he showed us what relationships look like. And that's why he died on the cross for us, so that we could be united with him once again and have that spiritual power so that we could overcome our flesh. We're going to need his spirit, especially in a season that it gets so busy that we forget that that's why Jesus came, is to set us free from all the things that pull us down. What if there was no Christmas? What a horrible thing to think of. Thanks be to God that there is Christmas. Amen? Because there's Christ. You can close your Bibles and put away your notes. I'm going to call up uh, Glenn to the keyboard. We're going to pray together and uh, solidify some things. And just in our hearts right now, and here, here's the neatest, here's the, the best thing about this. Here's the, here's the amazing thing about God is when we pray, he hears us individually. And he answers us individually. And maybe right now in this season, there, there are certain things, maybe it's financially. Certain needs aren't being met. Maybe the rent is due, mortgage, uh, bills need to be paid. Maybe Jesus is going to give you some wisdom on how you can financially navigate through this season. Maybe there are some things to cut. Maybe there's a budget to go on. Maybe this season you, you just got to be honest with people and say, I no more money, so I can't get you a gift this year, but I give you the gift of love. And they may laugh, you may chuckle at it, but if you ask any grandparent, any parent, if a kid came up to you, if your child came up to you and said, Mommy, Daddy, I don't have money, but I, but I love you. I don't think any of us would say, what, that's all. No, we would definitely receive that. But may, maybe some of us are, are, are struggling relationally. Maybe there's a relationship rift. Maybe someone in the family, maybe marriage, maybe with our children, our parents, or maybe a coworker, 
a friend. Maybe something was misconstrued. Maybe a text message read wrong or a Facebook post that you read and, and you read something on Facebook that just rubbed you the wrong way and you want to say something or you did and now relationships are bad. It's amazing what the devil can do with just a nice post. But don't let him have his way. Come back to relationship with Christ and let him do something great between you and him. And when that relationship is strong, you watch every other relationship, it'll just line up because your relationship with God is is lined up. And then spiritually, that maybe you're struggling spiritually. Maybe maybe you you used to read the Bible. Maybe you used to attend church. Maybe you used to worship. Maybe maybe you used to serve. Whatever it is, maybe there is something that connected you to God, but you've long since not done that maybe worship music was the thing maybe you used to love singing to god and and maybe someone scarred you or you were hurt someone did something and maybe expectations weren't met something happened and it just broke your heart and you're saying boy i don't i don't have that spirit of joy that i used to and i miss that i'm not the person that i was 10 years ago five years ago a year ago I I guarantee you, when you open your heart to Jesus, he's going to fill you afresh spiritually. Only he can do that. And so as we pray, let him do what he does best. And it's just being your friend. Would you pray with me? Lord, right now, we just pause for a little bit. and, And you said that you call us friends. Now, that's the greatest act of love that someone would lay down their life for a friend. And so right now, Lord, maybe let's just look at the area financially, economically, resourcefully, our needs, Lord. I, I pray for all of us that if there are certain needs that aren't being met financially, Lord, that you would make a way, provide, Lord, like only you can. Bring wisdom where wisdom is needed that you would do something extraordinary. I pray for my brothers and sisters that maybe right now is not the greatest time of year economically and they're struggling just to make ends meet. Maybe they're trying to find work. I pray, Lord, that you would provide even a job, but that you would give wisdom in, in whatever way possible, Lord. Maybe it's going on a budget. Maybe it's cutting out some things. Maybe it's selling some things. Maybe it's, it's rethinking how they're organizing their life. But I pray you'd bring wisdom, Lord. I pray relationally, Lord. I pray for our marriages, our families. Lord, I pray for those who right now, they're doing well relationally, that they won't coast, Lord. They won't just skate because their their relationship is well. I pray that they would press into you, that they would strengthen their relationships because we all will encounter earthquakes in our relationships. And And if our relationships are strong, then even should an earthquake hit, we'll be able to withstand the shock. So I pray that we would continue to strengthen our relationships. I pray for those in in relationships right now that maybe it's a little rocky. Maybe there is an earthquake and maybe there's devastation. Maybe maybe there's debris. Maybe there's rubbish and, and chaos, hurt and pain and just discord. I pray, Lord, that you would do something great, that you would breathe life into relationships right now. You know know exactly what we need in relationships, and it's usually our relationship with you. So I pray 
that you would bring relationships together, forgiveness, Lord, grace and mercy and hope and dreams and support for each other. I pray that you would bring families together, husbands and wives and, and children and parents and brothers and sisters and extended family, co-workers, friends, neighbors, that we would model what relationships are supposed to look like. Then I pray for us spiritually, Lord. Breathe your fresh spirit upon us. Fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come now and be our guide. Just fill us up, Lord, in such a way that we would be empowered, that we wouldn't, we wouldn't follow the evil desires of our flesh as subtle as the devil is. He has no authority over our spirit right now. We cast him out in the name of Jesus. We ask you, Lord, to be our guide, our Lord, our Savior in our relationships, especially spiritually. That spiritually we would be one with you. That there would be no weapon that could be formed against us. That you alone would make a way for us to be spiritually healthy. That we wouldn't think about the past of what we've done or what's happening now, but we would think about who you are and who you're making us to be. You're not concerned about our past or where we are today. You are concerned about where we're heading. And we want to head in your direction, Lord. So we repent from our old ways and we turn to you so that we can be built up as a spiritual temple for you. For we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You dwell in us. Come alive and refresh us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. How refreshing was that? Isn't he so good to us? Isn't he so good? Thank you, Pastor Sheldon. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, you guys. Hi, Heidi. <laughs> okay, so. What a surprise. So I know. I, I never, ever come up here, ever. I know. This is a shock. But um, I just wanted to bring you a little bit of joy. The next time someone tells you happy holidays, holiday comes from the English word meaning holy day. So the next time somebody tells you happy holidays, really they're saying happy holy day. Mm. It's because of Christ. So no matter if they try to take Merry Christmas away from us and give us happy holy, I mean holiday, it's actually the same thing. It means happy holy day. And it's only holy because of Christ. Mm. So... Happy Holy Day, Merry Christmas, whatever. What is the one they said on Merry that sarcasm? There you go. No, he but, said, but he I said marple something. Yeah, and but I don't want you to be discouraged, <laughs> and I don't want you to have to defend the Lord because Happy Holiday is also Happy Holy Day. So no matter what the world tries to do, you can't defeat our Jesus. Yes. So Merry Christmas, Merry you guys. Christmas, Merry Christmas, everybody. Yes, thank, thank you. you. Yes, we love Heidi. Yes. You know, I wanted to share, um, you know, as we go out into the world, we reflect Christ. We get to reflect that hope that the world so desperately needs. And you know, we talk so much about relationships. In fact, my Christmas tree, it's a little front heavy, meaning it's against the wall. So why would I decorate the back of the tree? And so I have a lot of glass ornaments, and uh, my family, they like other colors besides purple, but since I'm the mom, <laughs> I rank. So it's been purple. Uh, my husband and I have been married for 21 years, and we've had a purple tree ever since we got married. And I know, right? It's so awesome. And we have these, these glass ornaments, 
And my son, Ethan, who's the only one left at home, is like, Mom, are you sure you don't want to put some in the back? Because it's starting to look like, you know, the Dr. Seuss tree. It's starting to lean. And I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. I should probably move it. So I would hold it up, and I said, let it go, and it tilts. And he's like, put the ornaments in the back. I was like, no, because nobody's going to see the ornaments. And so my husband, he comes up with these, these ideas, and he goes, well, you know, maybe if I put something underneath it, I go, why don't you anchor it to the wall? Like, use your, your suji, right? That's what it's called, right? The line for fishing. Yes! Um, anchor it to the wall. And he's like, no. So a week later, after his idea did not work, he said last night, he goes, hey, you know what I should do? I should probably anchor this to the wall. And this is what I said. I said, hey, you smart. You are so right. And so he did. And my daughter, who we were FaceTiming, he goes, oh, man, relationship goals right there. And, you know, it, it brought back memory as Pastor Sheldon is talking. It's like it's so important because when you are in love, when you are in love, you can see past those things. And even though it's not always perfect, relationships aren't always perfect, but when I'm in love with Christ, it's through that relationship I am able to overflow and see and have grace. And I may not be the most patient, and I do have that gift or sarcasm. And sometimes it comes out in the wrong time. And God reminds me, step back into my light. Step back into what I've called you. Step back into my relationship because when I'm fully engaged with the Lord, when I'm closer with him, it's exactly what Pastor Sheldon said, then your relationships, whether it's my relationship with Anella, my relationship with my children, my relationship with you, it's if my relationship with the Lord is good, then my relationship with you is good. Then my relationship with my, my, my children can be good because I have the love of the Lord. So, Nella, as we were talking, um, listening to Pastor Sheldon, what was the one thing that kind of stood out? Like, how can we reflect Christ in this season of Christmas? One thing that stuck out was just to love people. No matter who they are, you, we don't know their story. They come from all kinds of backgrounds. So we need to love them regardless of the situation. So when I saw your Snapchat that one time, and you were standing in line. You were just like, oh, yeah, it's fine. Get five, I can wait five minutes. Go, yeah, go. I did, actually. Yeah, you were actually pretty good. I, I, was, I was surprised. I was like, wow, we get to learn patience. We, we encourage one another because I don't know about you, but that's something like I've had to work on in my life is road rage. And if somebody cuts me off, I'm like, hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. And my husband, my, my, I used to have a car that had pretty much black tint. And so like, what? what? Oh my gosh, because nobody can see. My, the car that I have now, my husband will not tint because he's like, you know, I think it's good for everybody to see who you are. <laughs> and you know what? That's true because it keeps me accountable, right? And I'm just like, yeah, you know what? Go. It's fine. It's fine. Let's go. And it shouldn't just be Christmas because the spirit of Christmas should be every single day because it's Christ, the spirit of Christ that we get to reflect. And so why don't we stand? Can we call the worship team if they can come out? Why don't we stand tonight? And we're going to conclude. I want to challenge all of us, including myself. Reflecting the sun is that you need to be close to him. Know his heart. And we sing songs like Joy to the World. Watch, read those lyrics 
And then ask the Lord to just bring the spirit of joy in your life. Because there is no greater joy than the joy of the Lord. None. And we can overcome anything. We can overcome people cutting us off. We can overcome long lines in the store. We can overcome all these things because, you know, the enemy comes to distract us from the real reason why we're even put on this earth. And we get to celebrate to the Lord. We get to sing praises. Look at us. We get to freely gather as the body of Christ. So why not do it joyfully and reflect his joy? So tonight as we sing Gloria, as we conclude tonight, lift up those praises to God. Thank him for his spirit. Thank him for not just sending his son for Christmas, but for every single day of the year.